what I want to know is how was Discord worse? How did that make it worse? <laughs> we switched to Discord for what three weeks, and we, against what everyone told us would happen, we decided that Skype was better. Yeah, we've actually gone crawling back to Skype today. We we will look into new things next week, but the Discord, <laughs> the Discord experiment has run its course. It's like and... it's like a rock paper scissors thing. Like the three, each program we use defeats one of us. You know like, what I loved for, for Discord. Discord ruined Jim's shit, and Skype ruins my shit. And the next we'll thing have we to try, find we'll the next one mine. we try, it'll be Laura cutting in and out yeah. and getting logged off. And what I love is I was talking. And I was about to start a new sentence, but then Gav said something. But I was able to hear it, intercept, and stop myself so Gav could talk. And Gav didn't Mm, talk over me because we had that sense of connection where I could say, okay, he's he's interjected, I can stop now. That was kind of impossible on Discord, mostly because Laura and Gav could only hear the last half of every sentence I was saying. Yeah. Every time yeah. Jim was speaking, it would take two to three seconds or so before we would start hearing Jim speak, and it caused a nightmare scenario. Like, editing last week's episode into something listenable was a fight and a half. It, yeah. It yeah. was like three and a half, four hours of work trying to get that into something manageable. It's like, sorry for the people who, because people were saying they... they found it difficult to listen to last week. It's like, if you thought it was bad first, Laura did an incredible job making it as tolerable as possible. And that's to say nothing of how it felt recording it. Literally every time that Jim said something followed by me or Gavin saying something and then back to Jim, there was an overlap of audio that I had to manually, like, separate, add some silence to try and get the sentences apart it was just it was a clusterfuck i've been doing yeah. podcasts for over 10 years and doing them remotely seems like it will never be good well right now i like going to discord for like three weeks has given me a newfound appreciation for <laughs> skype i i never realized how much i actually like talking to people on skype because yeah, is it I just me or does, does this not feel too bad right now? This like this feels better than Discord. Yeah, like not not for me. I can't hear either of you as well as I could hear you on Discord. Oh. It's like weird, all garbled yeah. and distorted. The, the audio. Whereas I was hearing yeah. you crystal clear. And for Laura, I like it was perfect. It was just with Jim yeah. on Discord. It it's was a, all... audio yeah. quality was better on Discord, but. We need to actually be able to have conversational timing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. being able to—that like, is—that is, is the good. priority. Um, I mean, I would also like if Skype didn't, you know, log me out and crash every half hour. That'd be nice. And have, and, and require me to restart it. But, oh yeah, you know. yeah. If if Skype wasn't a big piece of shit, I think that would help mm. things tremendously. Uh, but yeah. of course, we got the distance we, thing. Gavin, Laura are uh, far more, uh, far closer together than I am. So. Discord yeah. seems that seems to be Discord's issue is it's it's lagging on me there because it's not a microphone issue like I set all the sensitivity stuff and all that <laughs> like we worked yeah. that problem out it was way worse before then like it oh, didn't God. even feel like a lag issue it felt almost like there was a gate on it in that whenever we talked it, it muted you it was it bizarre was and there was it, nothing it in like... the settings to indicate that yeah. like I'd set I'd, I'd put the sensitivity of the microphone so much so that the little green circle around my picture that indicates someone's talking was on constantly. 
And it seemed like me and Gavin were on high priority and Jim was on like low priority if both of us speak at once, mute Jim for a couple of seconds first. Yeah, and, and I don't know if Discord got the message, but I'm Jim fucking Sterling son. To treat yeah. me as low priority <laughs> is an insult of the highest fucking magnitude. Jim Sterling will not be silenced by any program, even if that means going back to Skype. Yeah. Uh, that said, Comcast do an excellent job of trying to keep me quiet. Um, that's another reason why I think we've had connection issues, is because my my business fucking connection that I pay out the fucking nose for has just gotten worse and worse. And it takes a lot to get, because I'm a polite young boy in, in real life. Um, I try and... Uh, I, I, try, I, I don't like verbal encounters too much. In my day-to-day life, I get enough of that online. I, I do enough shouting on uh, on videos and things. Um, but So it takes a lot to get me to phone someone up and yell, but well done, Comcast. And I tell you what, if you fuck SummerSlam for me, like you fucked every other WWE pay-per-view since I've gotten back into it, oh, there'll be a fucking reckoning. <laughs> you know, it's somewhat comforting to know that the ISPs are just as bad there as they are Oh, if here. not worse. It's funny you mention that, because literally the only time I've l- really lost my temper on the phone to a company has been with my ISP here. Yeah. My, In America, inter- it's a joke. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, America, you have, like, no options to shop around. You just have, like... Do you want this shit or that shit? Yeah, because they carve themselves little fake monopolies that aren't really monopolies, quote-unquote. I nearly made a political joke there. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, Uh, six minutes of complaining about technology. Shit. We can make it it longer. My internet's normally great. Last night, it shut down for an hour and a half while I was in the middle of a podcast. I had to record on my PC while doing a Skype call over 4G. (laughs) Nice. um, Yeah, that's that's real shit podcasting. It is 9.30 in the morning right now. By by 7.57am, I already wanted to go back to bed. Uh, I'm working on a video review. We're doing video reviews on the Jimquisition now because... Uh, well, everyone I, fucking asked for every, them. <laughs> everyone demanded them, and it also helped that I've now just I'm, I'm, I'm bored of writing now. Uh, I much prefer doing. I never thought that'd happen. I used. I, I remember when I worked back mm. in the day when video was taken off, and I was like, I'm a writer. I write. <laughs> I put pen to papier, and now it's like, oh, do I really want to sit here with my fucked, busted up? fucking back with its what's the word hernia that's it my herniated fucking back do i want to sit here and write words and then proofread them or do i want to do what i'm actually good at and just have a conversation about video games and then have fun editing that into something people will like to listen that's interesting so so you for your video reviews you're not writing you're not writing it and then reading that you're actually just kind of talking naturally is it yeah i've decided i'm gonna try and go for a, a something more huh. conversational the the idea mm, yeah. is and and this has worked out well for the uh the industry bullshit videos i do where they're not I, they're not stories big enough for a gymquisition but i want to talk about them uh what i'll do is i'll hit record and i'll think about you know the first quote-unquote paragraph or whatever i want to say and say it and then stop recording and edit it up nice. 
or I'll keep talking until I fuck up a word or run out of something to say. Then I'll stop yeah. recording again, go back and spruce it all up and turn it into something. Um, and and oh. I found that very rewarding to do. And it's led to uh, what I think is, is an interesting conversational style review that is still pretty informative and still has my criticisms in it because I'm still thinking about what I'm saying before I say it. Uh, and then stopping and sort of pulling the drawstrings on it to tighten it up. Uh, and mm. hopefully that, that'll work out nicely. Um, I just, I find it difficult to, if I write it out, then I'm like, well, I'm just writing a review and then I can have a written, it, it's an, I, I think weird is, is one way of putting it, I guess. I, I yeah. At this point, I'd have stopped the recording and cut out the last <laughs> couple of, like the last minute or two and then started fresh. That's how I do videos, <laughs> except in positions which I do yeah. script out. That that is an interesting way of going about it. Like I, video was one of those things that I love the idea of, and I love the conversational way of doing reviews of just talk about your thoughts as you go. But for me, reviews I personally like having the chance to sit down and really craft how I want to talk about something because mm -hmm. I find. I find if I talk about a game, say, on a podcast or try and do, like, that sort of more off-the-cuff video format, I find that there are ultimately things I forget to say or do not explain them as well as I would like to, and that's kind of why I prefer the ability to do written content for yeah. that sort of thing. Also, I like the fact that I can just, like, blare some loud rock music and, <laughs> you know, be, be I, I don't know, be burping and drinking a beer and like while I while I do it and no one's going to be judging me for like sounding <laughs> drunk on a recording that's why I do the video game show what I've done so I can just burp and eat and fart <laughs> and everything while I'm talking yeah. um well that's but, that's why I do podquisition so that I can just yeah. be like yeah video game <laughs> but um to to carry on that thought you had where uh, you feel like you forget something and, and everything uh, that mm. was the fear I, I had because I wanted to experiment with this because I've seen some other video reviews that are more like that sort of more off the cuff and it, it, it's how I write like I write pure stream of conscious everything I've ever written for the past 10 years has been stream of conscious that I then go back and edit um, and that's really no different from what I'm doing now. So if I do forget something, it's a simple case of, oh, I should mention this. Uh, then hit record, say it, and edit it, you know, splice it in. So I'm doing exactly what I did with writing, but with my mouth now, uh, which is good. Stream of, um, stream of conscious is actually a very useful tool for creators and writers when they're stuck when they've got a block i think that's why just, i've been able to do writing without thinking yeah and whatever pours out of you is a great way to overcome a block i honestly think that's why i've been able to do the gymquisition like solidly for a week for fuck now if we were to count at least the escapist like that's is it five years or more like mm. a week once a week and i think it's purely because it's i, I do it stream of conscious where i don't block it out and think right this is paragraph one this is paragraph like like not that there's anything wrong with that there are writers who do incredible work like that and spend days crafting incredible articles i just i've never been able to do that i have to sit down and be like right in an hour i'm gonna have a script and it's gonna just pour out of my brain and splash onto the screen and yeah. then i'll fix the fuck ups it's... after 
Exactly. It's it's easier to do a thing and go back and fix it than it is to stress about starting the thing and not start it in the first place. Yeah. And I think with, you know, if you're not doing it live, which obviously I'm not with reviews, there's no real fundamental difference between doing that in text and doing that in audio. Um and I think honestly, I've I've written I've I've written video game reviews for over 10 years and more and like more and more I've kind of gotten a bit eh, about it. Uh having done so many over the years, it's I guess it's shake up time, mm. as it were. Um and I, I need to do that every now and then. Uh it's why I've got several new video series ideas coming out. But every now and then I need to shake something up. And this well, should be that, a popular you see one. That, I think that's an important thing for, for people to um to keep, I, I think sometimes an audience can underestimate how important it is to shake up a, for, a formula in order to keep the work good and keep it fresh. Yeah. Like you're seeing with, um, like even this whole like thing with Angry Joe at the moment, his fans yeah. are kind of angry with him that he's making other content. Yeah. And uh, for me, the way I see it is more that like he needs to make that other stuff to, to keep himself motivated and to keep yeah. his ideas fresh it's... and... Yeah, sometimes I, I think people underestimate how real creative burnout can be in that regard and how sometimes you just need to yeah. be like, now is the time that I need to do a shake up and something new yeah. is going to happen and we'll, or, you know, or we'll make it work. Or just take a break. Yeah. Because uh, I don't know if you guys yeah. have done it, you probably have, but I've done it where you've been mm -hmm. on a burnout and yet out of a feeling of obligation, you've continued to create and ended up creating very substandard work because yep. you were burnt out I, i'm well aware i've done it like i've yeah. i've taken one holiday in three years plus of being on patreon and that one holiday was a week of holiday after some really nasty shit happened online and i took one week off yeah. And that's the only time I've taken holiday in like three years. Did you feel years. guilty? I took oh, I took my yeah, first no. week off yeah. last week in a year, and I felt I, so guilty. I wrote a two thousand word <laughs> apology before I took that week off. I came yeah. back and I, like I and created content during that week off to have ready for when I came back. Yeah, yeah. And your uh, week off includes working. Yeah, yeah. And you still like, and you still I'm, feel guilty I'm aware. for. Like, I, I <laughs> get I get that guilt and I get the burnout and like it's. I, I can't talk specifics yet, but, like, I am similarly planning some pretty big shake-ups of my work at the moment, because sometimes you just got to shake things up. I know about them. I yeah, know about them, and I'm not telling. They are, they are, they are shake-ups that are happening that's exciting. soon and whatnot. And it's it's yeah. going to be exciting things. Exciting things, and I think that's what, what, what we need to... You know, it's, it's what creative people need, and it's what yeah. people who are making content... They're, they're going to need to do different things every now and then. I mean, Angry Joe's been doing that stuff for, I mean, as long as I have, I yeah. think. I mean, I remember when he was, I remember when I was, like, more well-known than Angry Joe, if you could believe it. Uh, it didn't last very long because he skyrocketed. But that mm. burnout is real and people got to handle it in different ways. And if he uh, if he needs to do movie reviews or what have you, it's not like the, the channel is called, like, you know, the Angry Joe Gaming Channel. It's it's mm. Joe's channel. Like I find it, it makes me laugh when Destructoid finally succumb <laughs> to SEO and do Game of Thrones recaps. If Angry Joe wants to use, you know, his personal outlet to talk about Game of Thrones, more power to him. I don't give a shit. I talk about Boglins mm. on my channel. Yeah, my channel is predominantly gaming, but I want to talk about Boglins, yeah. and and that 
is fine, but it's it's not like I'm you know running a site called the Game Zone and I'm doing the Boglin yeah. stuff there. Yeah, it's it's the reason why um... once a week I do a Steven Universe podcast where I just talk about like this cartoon where I'll watch five episodes of it in a week and talk about it with my housemates is sometimes you just need to like talk about a thing that's not the thing that you sinkled your time into because like which is what which yeah. is exactly what this podcast is for me yeah it's not because it's not about music and production mm-hmm. and recording you yeah it's it's why I like doing multiple podcasts like people joke that I do a lot of podcasting but I, I like the ability to just like turn up and for an hour do something that's different from my normal schedule and to just give myself a bit of a, a bit of a refresh. I was like, I I'm on a D and D podcast every week. I'm on this one. I'm on the Steven universe. When I do, it's just, it's nice to once uh, like a couple of times a week, do something that's not video games, serious producer thing all the time, because mm. that burnout is I, real. <laughs> I personally, like I would, if I had the power, I would ask people to go easy on Joe because mm. I know it's like it's it's easy to get frustrated when someone who makes stuff you like isn't isn't making the things you want. But sometimes it's it's you know we do need a break. So, and sometimes we're you, only human. If you force you know. them in the short term to keep making the thing you want, you may find that the thing you want goes away it, in yeah. the long term. Oh. Or that it isn't as good yeah. as usual yeah. because it's being forced. Yeah, one you thing, like, like the more you hammer on someone about something, the more they're going to resent it. Like, yeah. it's why memetically my still quite liking Breath of the Wild, <laughs> nowadays when I talk about it, it sounds like I'm talking about the shittest game in the world. Yeah. Because I'm so burnt out on mm. being pummeled for it and i say yeah. this as i'm that's, working on a splatoon 2 review about, i'm uh, on youtube yeah. of all places <laughs> that's how i feel about undertale as well like i didn't hate yeah. the game but jesus christ the way people reacted to me not acting like it was the best game ever exactly they'll turn you really off. Put yeah. me off the game they, you will turn people off if you keep banging on at them to do something or try something um like that's that shouldn't even that's not even for like content makers that's sh- Anyone listening has a decent chance of having experienced that in their life, of hearing about something so much they now just don't want to fucking deal with it. Um, and, and, that, and that's true of anything. So if you're telling people to keep doing this one thing you like, chances are they're probably just going to get sick of it and you won't get any more of the thing you like. Welcome mm. to Podquisition, by the way. I'm Jim Sterling, joined by Laura. <laughs> How are you, Laura? I'm I'm good. I'm going to be honest. I think that was like a really good chat we had. And even though it's not like the, hey, let's talk about video games thing that like ostensibly this show is, I think that was a good way to start. I enjoyed this. That it. That was a good 20 minutes. Uh, I enjoyed ha- it. Like, especially the mood I'm in today. <laughs> oh, it's fine. I, with, with the week I have had of like trying to prepare for things, it's been nice to just have a bit of a vent about feelings and stuff. So, hooray. Yeah. Also, Gav's here. Gav is here. Hello, Gav. Hello. Hello, How are you, Gav. Hello. Hello. How's it going? I'm all right. Oh, How are you yeah. doing? How's things, me old mucker? Ah, uh, not too bad. These bloody builders downstairs making quite a racket. Yeah, oh, you I can't, can't be having them make a racket, <laughs> can we? They're supposed to be no. making a wall or something. That's what builders do, not rackets. Well, after I've had a cup of tea, oh, put on a, a cup, cup of- huh? 
Got to have a digestive with it too. Oh yeah, yeah, have a digestive. I don't want them rich teas. Fucking hell, I want some flavour, mate. Rich teas are for nerds. Rich teas are for fucking nerds. I want a digestive, and if you've got any obnobs, I'll have them too. Thank you very much, my darling. I love your knob. <laughs> oh, oh, got to gobble down a good old knob every now and then. <laughs> there's um, <laughs> there's a thing I do to uh, to my girlfriend that she absolutely hates. Yeah, I don't know why she hates this accent so much, but I'll go to her. Hello, darling. And Hello, she darling. fucking hates it. Hello, uh, darling. Nice. Like, it's because he sounds. <laughs> I'm Danny. I'm Danny Dyer. You sound more like Dirty Dan. Like, try Princess. That'll yeah. that that'll really fuck things up. You should, Hello, Princess. Oh Christ! Like, I, just, I'm not gonna just lie. Be dirty I, Dan. I I have spent half of my week this week being all <laughs> voice with with uh, with a wonderful, lovely house guest I have this week, and we've just been <laughs> doing that voice at each other. It, nice. It's rather addictive once you start. I tell you one thing. I'm that, Danny um, Dyer, and I'm about to meet Britain's most angriest squirrels. <laughs> <laughs> one thing my wife hates is if I do, um, you know, that song. I, th- I don't know what the actual song. It might just be called Japanese Boy, but you know that one that goes, "He's my Japanese boy," right? Um, if I yeah, just, no. if I just <laughs> go like right up close to her I face don't. and just go, "He's my Japanese boy," <laughs> that creeps people out. Funnily enough, I occasionally people uh, creep people out by doing doing a voice that I I'm a little bit addicted to doing, where I, I pretend to be an old lady drunk on sherry. I'm just like, oh dear, just have another sherry. Oh, I could really do with a brandy. That's and a that's a that, good one. It's a fun voice to do, but it occasionally weirds people out. It's so, it's. <sighs> It, it's like I've done similar ones, like the whole Mavis. Like I guess that's what led to me doing Amiel because I can't just keep it subtle. So eventually I'm like Royston, fetch the hounds, and then we've got ourselves a Georgian fop. Uh, can I just say I was literally about to say like, oh Skype has it's been so good to be back on Skype <laughs> where we have this like conversational back and forth flow. And as I was preparing to say it, Gav got kicked out the call. Are you back, Gav? Welcome back to Skype. I Hello. Think even <laughs> even with with Gavin dropping out and back in of the call, I still think this is better than Discord. I mean, at least at least when we're all in attendance on Skype, we can talk. So it is yeah. it is a plus. But we'll try something else. We, we will try something else because I want to get this fixed. Because this is yeah. we're, we're running a professional outfit. This is Valet. <laughs> We're professional? So professional. Is that really the word you'd use for a show that has spent 23 minutes now spouting bollocks? Someone actually made a very serious complaint a couple of weeks ago in the comments about how unprofessional we were. Well, and I think we've, well, we, we are professional like, well, bollocks spouters. You know, I, you're not wrong. You're not wrong, <laughs> but like... I think there's more than enough like very serious professional games podcasts out there if all you want is the gaming news update. Like go listen to IGN Game Scoop if you're just after like this is what the news was very seriously talked about. If you want twenty minutes of random bollocks from friendly friend types who, you know, have a lot have a laugh with each other. Have a right old like, laugh and get an obs there. That's what you come yeah. to Bugquisition for. We spout some bollocks and maybe we'll talk the gaming news. Who knows? Yeah. yeah. We're yeah. we're professional when it comes to our our regular content and yeah. this is three friends having a laugh that you 
and listen to if you choose to. I think we are well, professional friends having a laugh about bollocks. I mean, maybe video games. About, having a laugh about bollocks. <laughs> for me, for me. I can't lie to you. This I really is... don't know what this guy's capable of. I'm not going to lie. I'm actually pretty fucking scared. <laughs> Okay. Fucking if, Danny Dyer. I, I'm trying to navigate through the Dyer. Um, <laughs> oh, what a horrible thought that is. Journey to the centre of the Dyer. Um, imagine in a space remade with Danny Dyer and you're just going around. Oh, oh God, there's a little spaceship in me guts. Um, I didn't what, like him in that zombie say, film he did. Right. I was going to say, like, for me... Like, I still got to call this professional because it is under, like, it's podquisition. It's under the Jimquisition banner. And I do get that some people, like, maybe they expect an extension of the show in audio form. But one thing you've got to remember is, for me, this is very professional. If you've listened to any other podcast I do, hell, if you're subscribed to this feed, you hear some of the other podcasts I do. This is the most professional podcast I ever do. This is this, the best I can I, do. I would podcasts. hazard to say this is closer yeah, and, to... And that's part of the charm. Yeah, People don't hire so. the producer, Steve Albini, to make their stuff sound like it's in a million-dollar studio. They hire him to sound like you're in a garage, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. It, we are the distressed genes of podcasts. <laughs> we, we are the Steve Albini of... Uh, of I, podcast. I think it's fair. We are the the Ross Robinson of podcast. I, I think it's fair to say this is the closest thing in terms of like Jim branded podcast. This is the closest podcast you've ever put out to being the Jimquisition in audio format. Not saying it is close, but it's closer than say Dismal Chester's, for example. Yeah, like, there's we we do talk about a video game or two here. That that's I mean, closer. I'll say this: I could get closer, but it yeah. would be an hour. Of just me doing like the the video heightened version of myself, and yeah, okay. Now that I've pitched that, that sounds like something that could work. But <laughs> I don't think that would be funny every week. I don't think that I, would be entertaining every. I week. don't think it would replace this because this it is would not, you know yeah. it w- it would not last like this has lasted. And when, whenever whenever I talk to people about why they like podquisition, the answer I always get is it feels like hanging out with a group of friends at the pub who kind yeah. of talk about video games, maybe. Well, this week it's three friends who are talking about themselves in the pub. For 26 do we, and a half do minutes. We I've talked with friends like... who do that, so, <laughs> yeah. so for me, this is great. <laughs> do we want to talk about a video game or do we want to keep on the if, like, listen, personal stuff? Listen, if there's one thing the AAA games industry has taught us, it's okay to be shit if you know your shit and tell people. <laughs> That's true. I mean, that also true of 90% of Steam Greenlight slash Steam Direct submissions. Um, and hey, now we're on the topic of video games. What have we got news-wise? Christ. Uh, should we start with news bits? Right, so uh, yeah. you know how Bioware Montreal released Mass Effect Andromeda, that critically, amazingly received game that everyone loved? Oh, yeah, yeah, like yeah. This. It was brilliant. Ha <laughs> ha. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Bioware Montreal has been absorbed by a different... Bioware team and basically no longer exists. All of its employees just work for different bits of Bioware now. Because see, if this was a Jimquisition, <laughs> this is where we'd cut to that sixteen-bit from the the Genesis um, interpretation of Timon from the Lion King going, "It starts 
because that is the first thing I thought when I heard that Montreal had been blended in with that other company. Yeah. Like, that's the do beginning of the which, end for them. Do we remember which company it got blended in with? <laughs> I can't even remember. <laughs> it's a team I'd never heard of and like, yeah, it wasn't one of the big ones that yeah. I could think of. But it, it, it feels it's, like EA has just sort of smashed two shit studios together. Yeah, it's like, hey, here's all the manpower from Bioware Montreal with this there team that we didn't give the 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 resources. Smush them together. There was um, actually a lot of news from Bioware this week. Um, someone, the head of the old head of Mass Effect, came back to the K- Casey Hudson is coming back. Oh yeah, yeah. It's, it, yeah, yeah. It's, and also very sad news. Um, Murray Gasper passed away. He was a lovely fella. Well, so sure. that's sad, mm. and I didn't sending hear that a big one. love to his family and friends. Yes, yes. The Casey, the Casey Hudson news, I think, is like very telling because to me that signals people did not enjoy the writing of Andromeda as much as the original trilogy. Let's get back the person that made that first trilogy work. Yeah, I heard yeah. it was. Um... If they hire the original writer back, that's what they need to do as yeah. well. What was? That person's name again. Oh, I can't remember. I I like to imagine though that Casey like was was on the phone with an EA executive, and the phrase "I've told you I'm out of the game" had <laughs> yeah. come up at least once. Yeah. Like I like to imagine it was that sort of scenario of like we need you I back. Told you I'm, I'm out, out of. I that. Told you I'm out of the game now. I don't do that stuff no more. What you think you're happy here in your one bedroom apartment? Come back to us, Casey. Yeah, get out of here. You'll never be happy there. You live for this shit. You live for the thrill. Come on, one last case. One last you're case. You're not a suburban white collar kind of guy. <laughs> um so yeah, no. Like These my... hands don't come clean no yeah. more. <laughs> oh, oh, I'm amusing all myself. All of the changes that like have come out this week about Bioware seem to be centred around let's move away from the team that made Andromeda and try and get back the original Mass Effect team. Yeah, Andromeda didn't happen. I think that's going to be the the case going forward. I think this is going to be the lost album of Mass Effect stuff. Like, clearly they want the series to continue. It makes money. It's it's Mass Effect Saint Anger. Yeah, yeah. So they're Hmm. just going to Saint Anger this one. And uh, move forward, it looks like. And I think Montreal... I, I, I think Bioware... It, it was Montreal, right? Yeah, yeah, it was yeah, Montreal. Yeah. Bioware Montreal, I don't think that's a phrase we're going to hear very much anymore. I or, think or maybe that, at all. I think that there were a lot of talented people working there, but oh, I just sure. think that, that some poor decisions at the design phase mean that that very talented team is very quietly being shut away in a cupboard, not to be heard yeah. of again. And I should point out, like, the the tone of my voice might sound like I'm making fun of Bioware Montreal. The tone of my voice is, uh, and this this is probably tasteless on my part, so I apologise for that, but the tone in my voice is, I'm so familiar with EA's behaviour that I'm, I'm seeing the pattern again, and it gives me this this sense of smugness. Now, the the bit I'm wrong about is I, and I still think this is true, but I I said Visceral was next on the chopping block, and I do still think Visceral is at great risk. Um, but but they weren't next. 
but this is what EA does. This is why I've called them Unicronic Arts in the past, because they are like Unicron. They fly around space <laughs> just swallowing everything and then just breaking it down and destroying it. They have shuttered so many studios after buying them uh, that I think anybody, any indie developer, if they're given a contract by EA to sign, my, I would always say, do not do that. Not if you want, not if you love this company and want it to have a legacy. If you've built a, a studio that, that you're proud of and has a really good history of games, and yeah. you, you want that preserved, and you want you you don't just want the money, the, and that's yeah. fine. If you if you're just like, there to very, make money, that's fine too. It's but, already it's already sad that the team who made Dead Space one and two are now making the the bad battlefield games yeah well that's yeah. them that that's visceral one one of my favorite studios responsible for dead space what like my favorite new ip of the last generation that was my favorite mm. brand new intellectual property of last gen i loved dead space i even thought dead space 3 was pretty great uh, not as good as it should be, but I wasn't as critical as some people just because there was enough in the combat that I still enjoyed. But it had been so fucking hamstrung by that fee-to-pay bullshit. Uh, and then, of course, Visceral was moved on to start propping up other people's studios, and I'm like, okay, well, I see the writing on the wall here. Fortunately, Visceral is very good uh, and as a studio, and that seems to have helped them survive. But I, I really am worried about them. Uh, I I I've been worried about Visceral for years now, um, because and I, rightly so. I mean, yeah. the track record shows they're not being given projects that they can show their full potential. No, at. and when they do, they they're given unrealistic expectations. Like they're very good at crafting a horror, a sci-fi horror game, but sci-fi horror games do not sell Battlefield or Call of Duty numbers. EA doesn't. Yeah agree with that and that's that's the biggest failing of of triple a approach to horror games is they treat them just like big blockbuster things when they're not they're cult niche games budget them accordingly and keep your expectations modest but they they cut they're but incapable they're, of that they're cult niche games that like in the last few years sometimes sell more than big triple a mm. titles particularly Which adds indie to the horror confusion. games yeah that's yeah. to the confusion because these things come out as cult, like intended to be cult games, but then there's this groundswell of sudden support, and then big publishers look at that thing. Oh, horror games are back in season. Let's fucking fire all all the guns we have and swamp the market, fans. And then they 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 miss the point of of what was popular yeah. about it. They overspend. They mm -hmm. overhype. They overmarket, and then we get what happened to Dead Space. Then you get the evil within. Oh, <laughs> God, or the evil yeah, within. Yeah. Dead Space, I, re I still remember them when they said Dead Space 3 needed to sell 5 million in order to just like make that uh. the costs. And I was like, are you, f are you fucking idiot? Are, are you like, the biggest idiots in the world? I mean, world? look how good the yeah. first one was. And what budget was, was that? Probably a much smaller budget. I would imagine far less, yeah. The Dead, Dead Space as a franchise is amazing. I I never would greenlight a, a Dead Space that had to sell five million to break yeah. even. It's like that's just to... not a smart move, even if this game is amazing. I might need to post mortem that. I've, it's been a while since I've done a post mortem Jim Quisition. Um, but I might need to go back and look at Dead Space. I used to talk about it all the time. Um, 
you can tell different eras of Jimquisitions of what I was interested in the most at each time, um, but by which games I kept mentioning. And Dead Space used to be mentioned like once an episode for several months. Um, it's that that's how much I like it, and it's also such a good example of how you can take a great IP and just shit on it, uh, thanks to publisher influence um mm. so i might have to go and, and detail the history of dead space and how it ended up the way it ended up because some of the the attitudes that have been espoused by ea spokespeople and one or two like visceral producers as well over the years regarding that series have just it's unbelievable mm. i mean they they launched the first one with a comic book and a movie and they started doing the novel stuff. They were like, I remember them. It was the first time, I, th I think it was the first time I heard the term transmedia um, was at a, a presentation I went to in the UK for de the original Dead Space. They had a preview event and the amount of money they were spending uh, on this thing, on, on a horror game, uh, was just ludicrous. It, it was mm. just a loot. There's no way I could describe it without using a word that stigmatizes the mentally ill, so I won't. Mm. Uh, so on top of that, what other news do we have? A uh, little bit of news that, that I'm, I'm curious for Gav's uh, feelings on this. I, I, I wonder, are you going to be picking this up, Gav? There's going to be a Witcher coloring book for adults where you can color in Geralt in the bath. <laughs> Are you are you going to be picking this up, Gav? You know, I love that that exists for the people who like Tat, but I generally don't buy Tat at all. I don't buy game books. I don't buy comics. I don't buy anything I, to do I with want video this to games be. except the games. But I'm very happy, <laughs> particularly for everyone at PC Gamer, that this exists. <laughs> I want this to be a running thing. Only for, like, games with nudity in. Uh, a series of adult... Because... Immediately, I imagined a coloring book called "The Dongs of Rust" or "The Dongs oh of Conan." God. See, this is this is one thing we don't yet have confirmation on: is will there be actual boobs and or dong in this adult coloring book? Well, I'm but saying, I really, I really hope there so, is cause... a sexy Witcher calendar. Actually, yeah, I, of, uh, I, these I, cosplayer people did a very sexy Witcher calendar. I'm, I'm not asking for much. I'm just asking for one dong in this whole coloring book. Yeah, like <laughs> I, I'm just I saying whether or not if 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 the Witcher guys drop the ball on this, the the people who did that last Conan MMO, if you do the, the Dongs of Conan colouring book, <laughs> I'll buy it. I don't know if anyone else in the world oh, will. I'll but buy I'll it. Buy like, it. I legitimately, like, as an adult, find like taking the time to do a small like to slowly fill in like an intricate detailed colouring book quite relaxing sometimes. Like, you know? It's it has its its relaxing charm. But if there are like if there's the dongs of I don't know what other game famously had dongs the werewolf dongs of the order eighteen eighty six I'll get that coloring book I'll color in yeah. some werewolf yeah. dongs that would be a great Trevor, calendar Trevor's, as well the werewolf dongs Trevor's of eighteen eighty six I will I will Trevor's flappy ball I will color in, in Trevor's five. Trevor's saggy ball sack I I'd, I, I would get multiple crayons so I could do every extra detail. I, I know that this Witcher one does have the pose of Geralt in the bathtub, so like if there's no dongs in the colouring book, 
I will get to that page with him in the bath and I will draw his dong so it looks like you can just see his dong through the water. That's it, like at the very in. least, at the very least, like do just like all you need is like a little purple semicircle. Just put it in the water somewhere <laughs> between his legs and just say the tip's poking up. Like you can make your witcher yeah. dong dreams come true here. Yeah, I, I'm gonna get this, and I will. I will be making my Witcher Dong dreams come true, and I'm very dreams excited for everything. I'll, I'll, I'll do a live Let's stream. I'll color, I'll color in Witcher Dongs on Twitch. <laughs> you know you gotta draw dongs. Nice. Uh, other things we had this week: GameStop this year are opening on Thanksgiving because retail workers don't need a work-life balance. Scum. Scum. Yeah. Thank. That is any any company that makes its workers work on Thanksgiving scum. Just a tad, yeah. There's like, nothing to say there other than just that's a really yeah. shitty scummy thing to do. Yeah, go fuck yourself. If you if you want to <laughs> buy a video game, wait twelve hours until it reaches midnight and it becomes you know the the sales after Thanksgiving or whatever. Just just wait a day. You can get your video game tomorrow. I tell you what though, if if any single game company. Decides to capitalise on this by launching a game on Thanksgiving. They're getting their own special gymquisition. Oh God, I hadn't even thought about that. What do you know? What day of the week Thanksgiving is this year? Uh, I think it's always a Thursday. It is. It it's it varies okay. on the actual date, but it's always a Thursday because the day after is always the Black Friday. Yeah. Do do you think? Do you see a company putting a game out on a Thursday just to get it out on Bla- on Thanksgiving? They should close Nintendo on Black done, Friday then. Nintendo will do random days for game releases, but I don't think they'd do this. I don't think they've got they, they'd have one ready. Uh, but if any if any company does it, oh, they'll get it with both barrels because that would be so mm. evil. That would be companies are evil. shit. I remember when when back in my HMV days, we would have to work like. Like 17, 18 days straight without a day off coming up to Christmas and you'd be doing overtime and fucking completely exhausted and then you're expected to come back in the day after (laughs) on on St. Stephen's Day. And and all of this, it's not just like you're working. You're working in retail. So very much like working in the restauranteering business, you're dealing with so many assholes as well. Who exists oh, yeah. to sap my, your will? Like I never. Thankfully, a musician I, friend of mine who was working with me in the shop wrote a song called "People Are Concert Christmas." <laughs> People are concert Christmas. It is the worst yeah. time of 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 life to work in retail. So yeah, if, I avoid if you're being forced to work. I left my child's uh, present until six o'clock on Christmas Eve, yeah. and it's your fault that Christmas is ruined. Yeah, <laughs> if, I, if I try my best to avoid going into retail stuff during the Christmas period because I just. I'm too consumed with guilt. Like, I don't want to add to it. Like, I can't add to your bad day. We once did have to, I think last Thanksgiving, we did uh, need to rush out and get something. And and I felt so bad. And I was like, I'm so sorry. I'm sorry I'm adding to this. You know, if you're shopping at Christmas or like some really busy holiday time, you taking like, like five seconds to smile and wish a person behind the counter a nice day can have a huge effect on their day. I think, yeah, yeah. Like, like they, try and be nice. It can make them think, thank God there's actually a nice person out there. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I think I, I'm compelled to do it. Like, I might not even be a nice person. <laughs> I'm just compelled to be nice in shops because whenever I'm in any store, even on just a regular business day, I feel like my mere presence here is an imposition and I'm ruining somebody's day. And I have to apologise for that. 
But that's just that. That's just one of my many problems. <laughs> uh, uh, what else we got? What else we got? Uh, last thing I think on the news things before we talk about games we've been playing this week. Uh, there's a new most played game on Steam other than like Valve games. Player Unknown Battlegrounds. Uh, apparently, yeah, yeah. it's the most purchased and most concurrent players game on Steam that wasn't made by Valve. Have either of you played any of this? No, I saw Donkey play it because I started watching Donkey after people kept telling me I was copying him with the video game show what I've done. It turns out I wasn't. It's just sometimes what? he makes a joke about getting things wrong. And sometimes <laughs> I make a joke about getting things wrong, which of course means we're fucking identical. Your, your and Donkey's videos are nothing alike. I know, like they're so different. But I I, I enjoy him, he's funny. I, I think Donkey's very funny. Yeah, I like his channel too. Um, and I didn't have a massive problem with that Game Critics video he did that everyone else did. Like there was, there, there was a fair chunk of it I didn't quite agree with. Oh, but, uh, that was the person that did that video about like games critics are all shit. Or whatever it was. Well, he didn't. That wasn't no. really. I know the point that's kind of paraphrasing. That, but that's, when they've that's, hundreds of yeah. reviewers and don't give their names, then it's of no, course people the, are going to see it yeah. as a unified entity. There was some. Pe- there were some very good points made in there, but the the drama was the oh YouTuber shitting on game critics was the headline everyone was coming around yeah, with. Yeah, it's uh. The whole YouTube. Yeah, YouTuber, because games critics game critic never shit is. on YouTubers, do they? <laughs> See, that's the problem we get. It's it turns into such a you know they said they said thing that I'm like, oh yeah. god, like, could can we not like can we not just can, can the two sides stop being pissed off at each other? Because at the end yeah. of the day, game developers hate the pair of you fucking people. At the end of the day, there's you, such a sorry. huge crossover in that Venn diagram of those two yeah. camps. Yeah, I mean. Like, I, I I straddled the line, hey hey, for a while, uh, and you know that's my roots are in quote unquote traditional games media, which is funny because when I first joined Destructoid, we were the outliers, the wrong people. That you're not traditional games media, you're you're weird underdogs. But now people look at Destructoid as part of traditional games media. Um, so, you know, my roots are there, but I do YouTube. Hell, I, I, we started today talking about me doing my reviews on YouTube now instead of writing them. Um, so that, I, I guess that's the, the horrible transformation is finally complete um, in, in that regard. But I just, the, the hate on, that they have for each other is, yeah. Uh, some of it can be justified, and some people are complete fucking wankers, but you're both talking about games, and EA still exists, so just just hate them. Um, but to get back to the topic, uh, I have only seen it so far. Uh, obviously, it's difficult to get a read on a game when it's through Donkey's lens. Um, that's one thing I've picked up quite quickly uh, because of the performative nature of what he does. But it looks, uh, yeah, it looks like a shooter. It looks I... like a big open world. Let's let's do lots of yeah. shooting stuff, I'm... which seems fun. I've never been one of the people who's like that that ever appealed to me, but after I, you know, realized quite how huge a video this game was, I was like, I feel like I have to give it at least a bit of a look. Um, what I'd not really processed that, like, I, I, I really quite enjoy about it is it starts out something a little akin to Rust, where you, like, spawn in a random location on a map and part of the intention is, you know, go find other people and kill them and be the one that's alive. But it, it has a very sort of, like, Battle Royale or, um, 
Hunger Games-esque vibe to it, where if you're not killing each other enough, the map gets smaller and smaller and smaller. <laughs> and this is the thing that's really cool about it, is it basically, like, as time goes on, the map gets smaller and smaller, so that, like, you initially have time to spread out, build your armaments up, you know, prepare for how you're going to do the fight to do all that stuff, but you can't do it forever. And if you if you try and play defensively too long, you're going to be in literally like a 10-foot circle. It's like, right, murder, time, go! And it just, How does that yeah. work? How do they make the map smaller? Um, basically, does it close you, in from the edges? Uh, it, it closes in sections from the edges. You get timers, and like on the map, you'll be shown, like, get out of and these. And how is it done in-game? Is it like the area gets bombed? Or? Uh, it's... it's uh, I, it's been a little while since I played or it. Or is it the Medal of Honor thing where it just you see a countdown saying "Turn back"? No, turn back. It's, you, you die <laughs> if you stay in that area too long. Basically, you get killed off if you don't move out of the areas of the map before the timers change. But now it's just I quite like that the it growing starts, claustrophobia yeah. of that idea fascinates hmm. me. I know it's it's kind of fascinating. I can see you know it's not a game i necessarily want to keep playing but i can see why it's picked up so much yeah i might yeah. at least look into doing a gym yeah. impressions of that cuz that does um, seem interesting they they just did uh this past week a battle royale uh brand crossover event and oh, it cool. feels like such a natural fit because it's it's this whole idea of oh you're not willing to kill each other enough let's force you together come on do the killing that's it, good i like yeah. battle royale yeah, it, it's been it, years it's, since I watched that. It's a pretty nice game. Like I can see why it's become this huge, gigantic thing. Uh, and it's kind of ridiculous because when it came up, uh, was it Sony's E3 conference? It, it appeared at this year. Uh, it appeared at someone's. It appeared at someone's E3 press conference this year, and I was like, "Oh, that small indie game that some people have been talking about is coming to consoles." Nope, it's this huge, amazing thing that just I hadn't realised was as huge as it was. I think that that speaks to something we mentioned earlier again, where you know these games come out and you don't expect them to do much, but there's this sudden groundswell of people thinking, "Oh, holy fuck, this is great!" Word of mouth spreads; it gets talked about on YouTube, in games press, what have you, and then it's a big thing. And then we get to watch all of the big major game publishers look at it and think, "Oh." That's popular. Let's copy that exactly, and we'll make exactly let's do the same a amount of version money. Of it yeah, and spend way too much money on a shit version of it. Let Let's miss the point that people don't want more player unknowns battlegrounds because they already have player unknowns battlegrounds, and let's just do that again, but not quite as compelling. Uh, I have to so say, the game doesn't. Um, it doesn't appeal to me due to the the kind of competitive nature and mm. the whole you 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 just d- drop dead and your game is over kind of thing but i can see why people would enjoy it for sure but for me that sounds like a whole lot of stress <laughs> yeah like that i i i'm a very defensive player in almost any kind of of offensive multiplayer type game um it's why i'm so bad at risk um, we tried to play Risk Legacy, and I I always survive, but I'll never win because I <laughs> I spend the whole game like shoring up my defenses and making sure yeah. that what little I have is absolutely untakeable. But I'll never win because it's a game about expansion, and yeah. I'm here like turtling up. Camp camping in a corner with your silent Galil is what you're saying. 
Um, but well, I like to I like to shore up my defenses and have them come to me. Um, I'm not. I wouldn't say I'm a camper or anything. I don't bother with that kind of stuff. But I, I don't move forward until it's safe, mm. and mm. and it has seen me quite well. <laughs> uh, is now a good time for us to talk a bit about stuff we've been playing this week? Sure, sure. Yeah. It's been really, really light uh, for a while now on game news. Yeah. Nothing massive has happened. Mm. Like I know people have been talking about the Jimquisition and like. Oh, you keep talking about um, stuff on Steam. It's right now, stuff on Steam's the only thing that's interesting me in the yeah. industry. <laughs> it, it like, all the Steam bollocks yeah. is actually new and interesting. It's... Whereas, yeah, main game news is just like, well, here's a hoary joystick. Yeah. It has been a very weird spell where, like, there are things happening, but just nothing I have that I feel passionate about saying about them. I do, however, have some thoughts about a game that came out the day we're recording this, uh, Tacoma, which is the next game from Fulbright, the Gone Home people. Oh god, yeah, I'm gonna have to find time Mm. to play that as well, on top of everything else. I I played it through, all in one sitting, uh, you probably do it in two to four hours, uh, the whole way through in one sitting. Oh, okay, yeah. I can summarise my feelings on it pretty succinctly. It is more mechanically interesting than Gone Home was, but it is less engaging of a narrative. Uh, and that's it's it's something a always real gotta give between the two. Yeah. Like, it's, it's, yeah. To expand slightly on that, um, having literally just like played through it earlier today in one sitting, like I, I finished playing it and then came to record Podquisition. They do something interesting in terms of how they tell their story, where most scenes of the story have six people at once walking around an environment and they're all sort of 3d holograms in this uh, space station and they're all walking around having differing conversations and you can rewind and fast forward them all and you have to like go around the environment and be in the right place at the right time to get these different bits of conversation that are sort of overlapping and meeting with each other in points then diverting off as people like have a conversation, meet another group, and then continue off another way. There's some interesting stuff done with having to be in a lot of places at once and rewind and fast forward an unfolding set of inter interlaced conversations. That's really interesting. The negative is that where Gone Home very effectively knew what story it wanted to tell and what thematic beats it wanted to hit what things it wanted to be relatable on, and how it wanted to make its ending dramatic and fulfilling. Tacoma really struggles at that. Uh, There was a real disconnect between... You know how Everybody's Gone to the Rapture was a game about exploring other people's stories, and you didn't, as a player, really have a story of your own that felt satisfying? Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, the mm. the one difference I'd have in my assessment is explore suggests a sense of agency on behalf of the player. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> rather but, than you are just watching other people have their interesting yeah. lives. Uh, okay, but my my point remains that like other people mean, are having yeah. their interesting conversations, and you didn't have any kind of story of your own. Um, no, you're holding the camera for them. Yeah, Tacoma tries to make you as the camera in that kind of game have a story and it tries to give you some kind of I can see what it wanted its interesting 
reveal or twist or whatever it is to be. But it's just not satisfying. Because for me, the reveal at the end was exactly what I wanted as a player. Like, I was looking for a way to do as a player. And then they tried to make it a twist ending. Right. Like, they took the thing that I was like, okay, this is what I want to do. And then tried to make the fact that my player character decided to do that a twist ending. I see. So you you already had a game plan. Yeah, and they and tried to surprise tried, you with it, the same. They tried game to plan. surprise me with the same very obvious game plan, and okay. it just so kind the of Hideo Kojima school of reveals, where we yeah. all know that what he's saying is bollocks, and then he says, "Aha! What I said was bollocks." Yeah, but like, you. at least with Hideo Kojima, there's a big set piece that feels rewarding at the end for that. This just kind of ends. Ah, and all the Kojima, none of the flair. Yeah, there's none of the flair. There's none of the over-the-top presentation. There's of the none of the words anything. and deeds. Yeah, there's none of the words and deeds. So it's a real shame. I I enjoyed my time going through it, and the characters that you explore through Tacoma are interesting. They have like they're very well acted, very well performed. I enjoyed the the method by which the story was told. The ending just felt really flat, and I walked away from it like. Oh, oh. It, it felt like there was some kind of exciting ending that should happen that just kind of never did, and the game just petered off. I heard the twist is that the the character you're playing at the very end, like, says just just like it's really random as well. Like, you go through the whole sci-fi thing, and then they just say, "I will do it. I will. <sighs> I will draw Geralt's cock in that book." And yeah, then they no, open up I, this colouring book and just scribble this big knob in the book. Obviously, I'd wanted to draw Geralt's cock in the colouring book the whole time. And the fact that they tried to make that a twist reveal for my character was just, you know, I wanted to do it anyway. It wasn't a well, twist reveal. The, the biggest giveaway is the fact that the game's called Tacoma, which everybody knows. It, like, Tacoma is Latin for Geralt's cock. Yeah. Everybody knows that. Yeah, so... um. Yeah, it, it's a it's a real shame because I went into it very excited as one of those people who is like, Gone Home is one of my favourite games I've ever played. I recommend it very much to people that like, you know, the way that people were recommending this, like if you don't play games, still try and play through Gone Home. Mm -hmm. No way I could recommend Tacoma in that same vein. Right. Which is a real shame. It's like, it's... Go for go for Edith Finch instead. Uh, Edith yeah. Finch now that one that's that yeah. that's my narrative driven game of choice. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, actually, no, Stanley Parable is, but Edith Finch very close second. R right now, I am hovering on like I I need to sit down and think about it probably once I've written my review, but I'm thinking like six or set a uh, six 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 five out of ten maybe. In uh, that it's like it's not bad. It's just kind of nothing. Thing at the end. Oh, fair enough. I'm that never gonna. Shame. I'm never gonna really remember it after today. I don't think, and that's a shame. That sucks. Um, yeah. yeah. Like that's that's important to nail for a game like that. Like it's you forgive a game not having a brilliant ending if it's like like Shadow of Mordor has a really rubbish final boss. Yeah. But you can kind of forgive it because you've had you know. 10 to 20 hours, what have you, of some really, really gratifying orc smashing. Yeah. Um, and, and so that was the point of the game. The point wasn't fighting a boss at the end. Yeah. Um, if, if the whole plus point it had was... So, yeah. plus, 
the real boss of that game anyway was whoever your nemesis yeah. was. Yeah, yeah, that felt like the real conclusion. Whereas a game like Tacoma, it's all about that story. It's all about yeah. playing through for the payoff. And if the payoff flubs, then your whole game flubs. That's that's the thing, is I feel like it's the payoff just doesn't land for Tacoma, and that's a real shame. Like I feel yeah. like it could have done, but it's final few minutes, as you can see, you're getting to the end of the game. It's like, okay, what's... What's the thing that's going to make this ending feel like, boom, there we go, That that's the end of your story, just kind of doesn't happen and it doesn't feel like it's a deliberate flat ending. Well, I'll give it a go with an open mind. I uh, yeah. I did enjoy Gone Home. I thought it was good. Um, I, it, it, I, it wasn't yeah. quite the big recommendation type game for me. Uh, that, that remains, um, fittingly a word to use, that remains Edith Finch or... Stanley Parable, but uh, mm. yeah, I thought Gone Home was pretty good, so I'm interested in seeing Tacoma. I I uh, hope you enjoy we'll it. I, I I'm sad that it. I feel so meh about it now. I I'm hear done. You. Uh, I hear you. Gavin, you've been playing Warframe this week. Yeah, how's how's speaking Warframe of, been going for you? Speaking speaking of indie games that have uh, exploded into phenomenon, <laughs> I've been hearing. Hearing a lot about this game for a long time, and a lot of people have been asking me to try it because of me saying I went back to Destiny. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it certainly is is a thing. It's as Laura would say, it's it's very, it's got incredible mechanics. Have you have either of you played it? I've always been aware of it, but I've never I played it. I heard uh, what the best yes, description I briefly. heard of it is from a YouTuber who said it's like playing Destiny with your super on all the time. And it's basically like a hyper crazy version of Destiny. If that's the be- I I know that's not a fair way to describe it, but that's my my best way I can. It's very grindy. It's got a lot of loot. Got a lot of things you can unlock. A lot of microtransactions, which actually the, I looked into. The community doesn't seem to mind because it's apparently this is how to do a free to play game right, according to most people. But uh, yeah, it's definitely an interesting game. I'm gonna play it some more. It's completely overwhelming. It's not the kind of game you can jump into and like it's I'm 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 putting it on the back burner for now because there's so much in it to learn that I want to wait till I've a, a quieter time, you know. But uh it's got this like incredible mechanic that I think every game now needs to have, which is you can run, go into a slide, and when you hit your jump button from that slide, you would do a completely different jump, which almost is like turning into a torpedo. And it's just so much fun to move around in that game. And it's fun to shoot in that game. And it's fun to get loot in that game. And I can see why people like it. You know, uh, the I've... only thing for me is that there isn't much story there. But If you want story, there... you can play the original. I, yeah. I, I remember I played the game this was based on. Dark Sector uh, was a, a game from the 360 PS3, that generation. Um, one of the earlier reviews I did for Destructoid, uh, and, and it was originally shown off in the generation beforehand, before the PS3 had come out, uh, and there was a trailer showing off how you know beautiful the PS3 looked, and it used Dark Sector, which had characters in it that looked very similar to the characters you see in Warframe now, but that whole thing was scrapped, and Dark Sector became this sort of knockoff of Resident Evil 4 and Gears of War. And it wasn't all that good. Uh, but the team uh, borrowed a ton of stuff from Dark Sector and turned turned it into mm. Warframe. Uh, and Warframe became this massive hit. 
And I, I find it funny that it's based off this game that I played years and years and years ago that I never thought would ever go anywhere and it never really did because it was transformed into this huge, big free-to-play thing. Um, it's, a, it's a very interesting little backstory for Warframe. Um, I played Warframe very briefly when the when I first got the the PS4, uh, I because because it was out with that, so I, I downloaded it and played it for. A it's little worth while. mentioning the game is very different now than it was then. Oh, like I'm sure, I'm sure. It's completely apparently because I didn't play it at launch, but the video I watched compa- was comparing the it at launch and comparing it now, and apparently it's a world of difference. It's even bringing in like an open world map now soon, I think, and stuff like that. Very so. interesting. Yeah, it's definitely, it's 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 the moment to moment in it is fantastic. Uh, I'm not sure I have the patience for another loot grind after after Destiny. <laughs> to be honest, I got to like three hundred and eighty something light in Destiny, and I just again had that moment. What am I doing with my life? Why am I doing this? <laughs> yeah, that's another problem so, with these games that are all coming out copying each other. It's like player patience yeah. is finite. Like if 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 exactly, a loot grind yeah. if a loot grindy game is popular, that doesn't mean all loot grindy games are going to be massively popular because every iteration is going to have some audience drop off where they're like, I can't do another mm. one of these. Yeah, Hell, that's part of the not... struggle I've been having with Splatoon Two, where where it's so similar to the first. It's like, why am I doing this again? Why why am I working to unlock cool looking things again? I just mm. did this. Oh man, that was that was me with the Call of Duty cycle for like four years. Yeah, that's through, why I through through Call of Duty four up until around, I think it was Modern Warfare three where I lost interest in the series and just mm-hmm. kind of stopped. But my God, the way they make you start every year and you go into it so excited, you're like, yeah, this new shit to unlock, and then at the end of the year, you're like, I hate this game. I I've, hate I've given it. up on multiplayer in Call of Duty entirely. Like, the last Call of Duty game I reviewed, I straight up said, look, I didn't bother with the multiplayer. I I did it for five minutes. It's the same old shit. It's the same old shit, and now it's full of people who have had the patience to play it, like, Mm. every single And the money to buy shit now as well. Yeah, so it's impenetrable to a newcomer or someone like me who used to really like it didn't really stick with it because I got to a point where I'm, like, reviewing it. I'll play the yeah. multiplayer for, you know, an arbitrary amount of time until people won't be mad at me for not playing enough. And then I haven't kept up past that to get, like, really super honed. Like, I used to play, um, you know, the first Modern Warfare every single day. Uh, I don't do that now. So now mm. when I try and play a new Call of Duty, I'm just... I, I, I can't do this. And I'm not that bad at multiplayer shooters. Like, I'm not great, but I'm I'm normally, yeah. like, you know, in the top three of a team or what have you, or or at the very least average. Uh, but Call of Duty, I just cannot hack it now. I, I get into that and I'm like, can, I just want to put Battlefield 1 on again so I can feel like... So, so that I can feel like I'm having an impact on the game. Mm. Call of Duty multiplayer, I think, is just completely escaped itself mm. and yeah. and and i do uh, not uh, feel bad not including it when i do official reviews i'll straight up disclose it like look i'm i'm basing this on the single player that's all i give a shit about now i feel like the, the multiplayer mess. um for the new one despite the various controversies about it or whatever i 
I feel like it probably will at least be better than the last few because it's back to the kind of boots on the ground soldiers running around instead of all this jetpack fucking yeah. Oh, we'll see. We'll see. My main but issue there is Call of Duty. Because one, oh, sorry. If we're there's one thing the Call of Duty cycle taught me: it's never have faith in the, in Call of Duty. <laughs> <laughs> Every time they fix something, they break ten other things. Well, th- yeah. This is why I think going back to basics isn't going to make much of a difference because Call of Duty yeah. is so scared of changing the formula too much that the wool running and the yeah. jetpacks just felt like so half-assed. And not out of laziness, but out of fear of alienating people. So no matter how sci-fi-ish they made it look, it still felt like the same Call of Duty every single time. Um, So that's why why going back to World War II isn't even all that mega exciting to me, because it's Call of Duty doing it. Battlefield going back to like World War I, that interested me. That was, oh, okay, I, th- I think they're going to do something a little bit interesting here. Call of Duty, mm. I'm like, fundamentally, there's, there's no difference. It's pure aesthetic. Like, mm. like yeah, you can get a it bit was... of a jetpack, but if well, I it, want a game it... with jetpacks in it, I'll play a game that's an actual sci-fi shooter. It was almost comical how Call of Duty would do things in, in the day where it was like, they'd have this announcement and every, it was like, and this game won't have the martyrdom perk in it, and everyone would be like, "Yeah!" Which, for the uninitiated, is a a thing where when someone kills you, you automatically <laughs> drop a grenade out your ass. There's nothing. It's wrong the with worst. That. It 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 rewards you for being shit, basically. Like I don't. Uh, they're like. I I Sorry. like perks like that. Like I yeah. I didn't even really use the martyrdom perk very much. I could people people get wise to it. Like it's it wasn't that bigger problem like uh, even second chance I found was it a big funny. problem though <laughs> i found it funny getting blown up by a, a martyrdom perk and i normally yeah. rage hard because i've got all sorts of anger fucking things going on i normally rage yeah. hard at multiplayer shooters but getting bombed by a, a, a martyrdom perk i'm like you know what fair play you dickhead uh, i never to me the sadder thing for me is people cheering at features being taken out of games. Like, that's where we're at. It's Call of Duty can't offer you anything new, but we can take stuff you don't like out. How about that? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Are you going to replace it with anything? Um, the guns will look a bit more science fiction Hooray! Oh, man, they have all those crazy camos on the guns nowadays in the games. It's just like neon flashing lights and stuff. I'm just like, I'm, I'm so glad I quit that series. <laughs> just, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, and, and by the way, never ever has a game made me rage as hard as Call of Duty. Like my friends remember <laughs> those days unfondly. Like I, I turn into a different person when I play that fucking Nowadays game. <laughs> it does. Nowadays yeah. it does. Yeah. The old, uh, you know, the first couple, I say first couple, I mean post-modern warfare ones. The, the first couple, yeah. um, I could happily play for a good old mm. long time, but nowadays I put one on, and it, it doesn't help that the older I get, the angrier I become. So I'm normally mm. shouting at any multiplayer game I play now, but Call of Duty, I know when to step away because it mm. playing the modern ones now filled me fills me with a certain type of anger that is just mm. no that it's that's it's, a side of me I do not need to see. <laughs> It's an anger of the type that when you finally win a game, it almost feels like a fuck you rather than a yay. 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I get no satisfaction like, from you, game. <laughs> succeeding in Call of Duty. Mm. It, it, because I, the way you succeed is by playing like a dickhead. <laughs> <laughs> Not you in particular, but that's always been it, how you win in Call of Duty does, by yeah. playing like a, a asshole. Like. Uh, before we finish up, Jim, did you want to talk about The Long Dark? Uh, I ain't got much to say. Um, I played it when it was in early access, when it first came to early access. It's uh, quite quite the different game now. Um, but I think, I think I've got to start the story mode again because I think I played an hour in and ended up in a position where I'm cold and tired and sleeping makes me freeze to death and warming up makes me die of exhaustion. <laughs> and um, I'm, I've even got the director of the game sending me messages like saying... Have you put all your clothes on? <laughs> Have you like like that? Like he's sure there's a way out of it, but I've tried many different ways, and I really think I've got myself into an unwinnable situation. And the main issue I have with that is everyone knows how sick I am of survival games now. Games with meters in them that nag you and tug on your sleeves constantly, saying "Feed me, give me water, I need a bed." Uh, like oh. They drive me up the fucking wall. But this one was so stylishly done. And the director um, did Space Marine, the the THQ Mm. uh, action game that I really liked that sold about five copies. Um, So I've I've got a good respect for the team behind it. And I really... I'm trying. I'll just say that. I'm giving this game a lot of chance because it looks like and feels like the game that will make me not like crafting games again, but this will be the exception where I'm like, okay, this is a crafting game that is doing it all right. But its tutorial stuff, by their own admission, is so obfuscating and vague and useless half the time. Like, the the first bit of the story, some of it is just... Like, like how, how are you expecting me to work this shit out? Um... And, and and you've got to dig through to journal entries to get clues to things. And some people are like, I like that because it doesn't hold your hand. And I'm like, the, the term hand-holding is a term I'm getting sick of in games now. Because people have conflated hand-holding with a game having the good common decency to not just completely strand you. And I get it, you're stranded in the long dark, but not knowing how to do very simple things that a human being would know. That's where I draw the line. Other than that, uh, the wolves are scary in it. Well, yeah, that that sounds yeah. like a summary of a game that hopefully you don't have to do too much replaying of. I want to like it. I want to like it. I, you know, I I like the theory of survival games. I've always wanted a game that truly makes me feel like I'm surviving by the skin of my teeth. But the trouble is. Games keep doing that by annoying players rather than making them feel nervous. Like, I don't feel... I I don't panic that I'm running out of water. I'm annoyed because the game is constantly harassing me with symbols of, I'm hungry, I'm thirsty. It's like looking after a baby. Like, a lot of these survival games feel like babysitting games. And, you know, I'd rather just play that game I played uh, ages ago where that, that the two-person multiplayer game where one person is playing a baby and one person is playing the parent and they're trying to stop the baby do things like putting uh, forks in electrical outlets and <laughs> drinking bleach. Like, if I want to play a babysitting game, that's the one I'll play. Um, 
Do you know what game made me feel that in a good way was Far Cry 2? Yeah, yeah, Far Cry Far Cry 2. A game 2. that funny funny Sorry. enough a, a game I hated when at the start and grew to absolutely love over uh, the further I got into it. Yeah, Far Cry 2 is actually the first game I thought of when I uh Back in the day when I thought of games surviving in the wilderness. That was the first time I played one and thought, I feel like I'm scrabbling for my life here. And it's working out quite well. Until I reached a bug that broke the game so much that all of my progress was fucked. Um, That was Far Cry 2's biggest problem, is it was a broken piece of shit. Very well designed game. Broken piece of shit. Um, odd, Odd situation, that. But that was the first time I fell in love with the idea of surviving in games until surviving in games was boiled down to, as happens in the game industry, boiled down to these really basic bare bones, obligatory things. Oh, survival means thirst meters. Does it? Does it have to just mean that? Oh, MMOs mean mean being exactly like World of Warcraft. Does it? Does it have to mean exactly that? It's a problem we've got in this game industry, the, the, the Xeroxing of ideas. Uh, without understanding what more out out there could be, hmm. yeah, and that's again I tr- why I tried I tried Fallout 4's survival mode a couple of weeks ago, and mm-hmm. it took about twenty minutes before I turned it off and went back to the normal. That's it. Yeah. I just I don't want to be babysitting my protagonist, uh, yeah. and the long dark has the atmosphere to pull it off, and its systems are nicely integrated, which is why I'm trying to be patient with it. But there may just be a time where I'm looking at this and thinking, you know what, this, this ain't, this is not worth me doing a review because of the upset that mm. I will cause you know myself it feels and like? colour the review. Mm. Games like that stress me out because they remind me of my days being a waiter, where there's all these things being shouted at you at once, and you're trying to remember everything you have to do, and you're trying to multitask while you're just trying to do your job and every time you get something done something else is after it's being shouted at you and playing the game yeah. becomes a job yeah i find that job. extremely stressful <laughs> it is stressful when playing a video game becomes a job in and of yeah. itself yeah. yeah and and i get some people cuz i mean i had someone yesterday on twitter who's like you know what i don't think game critics are going to get the long dark normal people enjoy it uh, and i just tweeted normal people back at them in quotes um, it's good to be dehumanised for uh, having a thought about a game. But, um, you know, I, it, I realise some people will listen to this and think, oh, well, you're just not hardcore enough. You you want to be spoon-fed everything. It's like, you know, I just... I, if you like that sort of strain, that's cool. It's not my idea of entertainment. That That's what it comes down to. I And, and I'm disappointed that, you know for want of a better term, the survival genre of games, have all just Xeroxed each other the way MMOs did once World of Warcraft became popular. I feel like give, making a player feel like they're surviving in the wilderness can be done in ways other than thirst and hunger meters. But that's what it's become. Totally agreed, yeah. There's a Jimquisition topic. There's another one. I'll add that to the list. Um- on that topic, very quickly, there are some really cool Skyrim mods that turn the game into a survival, kind of against the ice and snow kind of thing, where you have to like build a tent so you don't freeze and things, and wear warm clothes. And that, to me, was a really good way of uh, of doing the whole survival thing 
So uh, if people are looking for an alternate take on Skyrim and a cool survival experience, I'm sorry I can't remember the name of the mods, but they're really popular, so you'll find them immediately if you look for them. There nice. you go. So yeah, is that a good place for us to wrap up today? I think so, yeah. yes. Yes, I think we had a you know what, rare You know time. what we have to do next week? What? We have to take a couple of questions, because some people were sad that we're not doing that anymore. Yeah. It's not something we consciously decided to stop doing. We just kind of faded out it's, of it. Cause... Yeah, things things happened. Lots of stuff behind the scenes that meant that like one week or another, it wasn't viable. But we will do some questions next week. But at least the yeah, people that complain that. that we never go over an hour anymore can't complain. Because we did an hour and 20 minutes this week. Look at us. We actually, you know... Yeah crept up to that 50, old timestamp we used to do. 50 minutes of video games, though. Well, yeah, but it's fine. We, we, we gave 60 them minutes content. For a, 60 minutes for a podcast is more than enough. It is, but people are sad like, that we don't do like an hour and a half anymore. So you got an hour and 20 minutes today. Be happy with yeah. that. We'll, we'll deal with the questions next time. I mean, like, I, I'm absolutely thrilled that people love that, like, like our voices that much, that they want that much. But... An hour is Our plenty. beautiful, sexy voices. <laughs> you know, especially compared to the fact that we do a lot of other stuff. Speaking of which, huh. Laura, people might want to know after this show where they could see more of your stuff. How? 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 The best place. How to, can the, they do ba- this? The best place to find me right now is Laura K Buzz on Twitter and Laura K Buzz on YouTube and Laura K Buzz on Twitch. Uh, there will be other places. And things in the near future, but for now, keep an eye on Laura K Buzz on Twitter because that's probably where you'll find out what what the heck's going on. <gasps> Mystery and skullduggery afoot. Gavin, I believe, has not changed his mo. He still does a lovely pop music for us to listen to. How can we listen to that, sir? Miracle of Sound on YouTube, and if you are one of my Patreon patrons, hint, 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 you can listen to a preview of my Jon Snow song right now. So there's some incentive for you. Excellent. Uh, As for me, thank you all so very much for listening. Thank you all so much for your continued support. Uh, By the time this goes up, fingers crossed, the Splatoon 2 review should be up, uh, and that'll be in video form. That'll be our first attempt at a video review. Hopefully it goes over well. Um, I'm more interested in what people think of it as a video review than I am the inevitable comments angry that I didn't like Splatoon as much as they did. (laughs) But we'll see what happens. Uh, Until then, we'll speak to you next time. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.